Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcottawa.org. On this third Sunday of Advent, with the readings of Scripture we've had, we stand today between John the Baptist in a prison cell and the prophet Isaiah, exuberant, overflowing with reversals of joy. John the Baptist is in a prison cell asking questions, and Isaiah is seeing and announcing a world that is not yet, that is coming, that is in his prophetic imagination in God's being where there are streams in the desert where the blind see and the lame walk, where nature and humanity and humans that are broken are completely reversed into flourishing. Isaiah sees flourishing. John the Baptist sees himself in prison and wonders if Jesus is the one. So we stand in this place and you think, well, where's the joy from prison? Where, is, where do we stand in between? But even in this season of Christmas when we like to put a nice gift wrap and bow on everything, even when we like to decorate everything nice and sort of cover over the struggles, isn't that where joy is found in the midst of life as it is? Like joy comes as, as a light that continues to burn even when life challenges us. Joy comes in clips and clippets and vignettes, if you will. Joy is seeing that which is not quite or that which bursts through. Joy comes in, in seeing that which is, is like sun bursting through the clouds after a storm. Joy is that which can't be taken away. Joy is that which is not contingent upon circumstances so John the Baptist is in prison and he has been bold in proclaiming early on. He was the one who was preparing the way of the Lord, the one of, in the spirit of the prophet Elijah, preparing. He's the one that baptizes Jesus at the River Jordan. John is eccentric and wearing strange clothes and a strange prophet. And yet he's saying that he must decrease and Jesus must increase He's the one who announces forgiveness of sins and turn and look and turns all attention to Jesus. But when John is in prison, maybe he's wondering. Things didn't turn out quite the way he expected when he baptized Jesus in the River Jordan, perhaps. And yet Jesus affirms what he is doing. Tell John what you hear and see. John knows the scriptures. He may even hear a resonance of the prophet Isaiah. Tell him the blind see, the deaf hear, the lame walk, the dead are raised, the poor have good news, preach to them. John will know. John will know and hear the resonance of the messianic proclamation from Isaiah. He'll know. Tell him what you see. Remind him. Sometimes we all need reminding, don't we? You know, we need reminding life comes at us and life is hard and maybe one too many trips to the funeral home and the graveside or the hospital or the doctor or checking on the account or whatever it is. There's one too many reminders of the way life is. Jesus, are you the one or are we to expect another? Tell him what you hear and see. 
So the prophet Isaiah is writing these things at a time he is seeing that which is not yet. Isaiah 35 is written in really more from the time when Jerusalem has been ransacked, the temple's been destroyed, and he is writing that which God can and will bring. Sometimes we need somebody to speak out to us, to announce joy to us in the midst of our difficulties, the way things are, not the way God intends them to be. God is working. God is on the move. The, the desert that you feel will, will be like a pool of water. There will be flourishing in the wilderness, in the wild lands. The weak hands will be made strong. The weak legs will be made to walk again. The prophet Isaiah is announcing what Jesus says he is doing. And this morning, one could take a deep dive into all the history of Jerusalem and how Isaiah is writing in the midst of desperation, but we can imagine ourselves there. We need that announcement of joy. Or, or we can place ourselves in with John, maybe not literally in prison, but perhaps we can place ourselves with John in, in circumstances that cause us to wrestle with our faith. You know, faith that is rooted in deep can handle questions. Faith that is rooted in deep can handle struggle. In fact, I believe that if we are going to have a faith that flourishes in the here and now and in the future, we don't gloss everything over and wrap everything up with a neat bow. We can handle some difficult questions. Faith that is rooted can handle questions. Faith that is rooted can handle the wind blowing. Faith that is rooted hangs on to joy that is not circumstantial that can't be taken away. So it doesn't take too much imagination to think of circumstances in our lives when it was tough to feel joy. Sometimes we just need to notice a little breakthrough here and there. Notice a little moment here and there. Notice the springs in the desert, the streams in the desert, if you will, here and there. So I hope by, by just a few vignettes of, of Cynthia and I's time away, Little, little breakthroughs, just little moments that you'll get the flavor of what I'm talking about. The, the, the first one comes from the first Tuesday that we were gone. And first off, uh, my brother-in-law, through family connections, got us tickets to the University of Kentucky basketball game. They played Bellarmine. It wasn't a big game, but we had, we had great seats because of great connections. And first off, that was really cool. Like, I'm 59 years old, and I've been to Rupp Arena a few times, but but I've never sat there. <laughs> it was really cool. But, but aside from that, so we watched the game. It's all experience. I have a little bit of connection with, with my dad who's recently passed because Kentucky basketball was a big thing. All those things. But because, you know, when you only get to go to a game about once every 10 or 15 years, you take in the whole experience. We stayed for the post-game radio show that's at, that's at half court when, when Coach Calipari comes out. And then here was the moment. Oscar Shibway, you know, National Player of the Year. His dad, his dad passed when he was early, but his dad was a preacher in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. Oscar's very clear and bold about his faith and just exudes joy, quite frankly. I mean, Oscar just exudes joy. So here comes Oscar walking across the court, and he comes around, and then he's kind of over here. So we just walk over. I'm not really seeking anything. I said, I'm going to go over and, 
And all of a sudden, it's just impressed upon me as I get about from here to, uh, probably from here to Jordan, or maybe a little closer to Oscar Shibway. <laughs> and I just felt compelled to call forth, you know, joy sometimes does this, call forth what you see in others. And so I said, Oscar, may the Spirit of the Lord anoint you and continually bless you to continue to do the good things in the world that you're doing. He looks up, huge grin on his face. I mean, that's Oscar's language of faith. Little vignette, little calling forth joy. And, and I felt something, I, perhaps Oscar Sheboy did as well, but it's calling forth those moments when you see them. In a similar way, on Thursday night, Cynthia and I, we stood in line outside for an hour and 15 minutes for the waiting for our concert to begin we went we had tickets to see the American Idol winner and runner-up we had watched the show so Noah Thompson he's from Kentucky hunter girls from Tennessee and a couple of country artists and so it was a standing room only venue there wasn't really a great deal of joy standing in one spot for about five hours from waiting in line to but other than that we enjoyed our time there and then there was one particular song by hunter girl that just really she talked about being down and being being discouraged in her music journey and and she had a song that the theme was don't give up don't give in don't give up don't give in well there was the, the, all the the artists are over and and we're leaving and we weren't gonna wait through the merchandise line you could see the artists and all that and so we actually had an unexpected uh, connection with somebody we went to high school with that saw us right after it was over and we all walked by and and as we walked by there's Noah Thompson and hunter girl and I did again I just said Hunter girl, thank you for not giving up and not giving in. May the Spirit bless you to continue to encourage others. And I was just going to walk on out the door. She stops. She goes, oh, my gosh. And she runs over and gives me, a, gives me a hug and just thank you all. Thank you. When you see and feel just something, call it out. Name it. Now, one could say in the midst of, oh, my goodness, our knees were hurting. <laughs> we were call, we were call, but calling out goodness and joy. Then the next week we stayed in an Airbnb that was on a horse farm. Yet, if you know Cynthia, you know that like there's joy already. As soon as we get there, as soon as we get there, we I don't even know if we'd taken things inside yet. Maybe we did. As soon as we get there, Cynthia's out. There's a horse on the other side of the fence in a field. She's getting the nice green grass, and she's giving this horse some green grass. This was a squirrely horse who had not exactly been calmed a great deal yet. She's using a little horsey sense to communicate. And the next thing you know, there's Cynthia with this green grass that she's giving this, this horse. And then she's kind of running down beside the fence, and the horse is following her. And she's running back the other way, and the horse is following her, and tears just well up in my eyes because I'm seeing like childlike free joy in a moment you wait you look for those breakthroughs those little moments right you name them you cherish and you hang on to them and then one that was unexpected and a bit touching and emotional on Thursday of this past week we, had, we were visiting Cynthia's mom, and for a reason that it's inexplicable to me, I had an overwhelming attack of allergies. Like, my eyes are itching, my face is itching, around my lips is feeling strange. We're visiting with Cynthia's mom, and I said, I gotta go get some Benadryl. Something's, I don't know what's happening. I was miserable. Like, it was miserable, <laughs> with a capital M. And I had to get out. So I go to Walmart, 
that's the closest place to where Cynthia's mom is now staying. And while I'm in Walmart, I've picked up my Benadryl, I've picked up some allergy eye drops, and, and I'm getting ready to go get in line, and a man comes up and he says, are you George Pennington that was fire chief years ago? I said, well, no, but I'm his son. I'm thinking, I probably look just like he did. And so the man proceeds to tell me, he said, I'm from New York City, and 30 years ago I was here in Frankfurt. I was the victim of a crime and in need of assistance. And your dad, when he was fire chief, came alongside and was just so good to me and treated me so well. And that's why I just wanted to come up to you. Well, I walked in there with my eyes watering from allergies, and then after the man comes up to me, my eyes are watering for a different reason. It was a moment like, what are the odds of having an allergy attack while visiting with Cynthia and her mom at at her mom's place and going to Walmart when a man who 30 years ago had encountered my dad and found my dad as fire chief to be a very compassionate human. And I said, well, that's who my dad is. He said, well, that's, that's exactly why I came up to you. And then he said something that is your mom still living and give her greetings as well. You see, in in the midst of, right in the midst of things, claim and name vignettes of gifts of joy. Things that we see. And and that some of those experiences are coming in the midst of maybe a bit of a challenge. That's in the midst of still journeying with grief. Like it still seems surreal that my dad's not around. It still seems strange to go to Frankfort, Kentucky and dad's not there. But I was given a gift in Walmart, of all places, in Frankfort, Kentucky. A gift of, I dare say, joy. You see, in the midst of it all, that seems to me to be what the prophet Isaiah and what Jesus is, is saying back to John. In the midst of life's challenges, be willing to look for when there are balloons in the desert when there are pools of water in dry ground. Be willing to see it and name it and call it out when it comes. Be willing to come alongside those who are hurting. Be willing. I believe Jesus' words back to John the Baptist are words of assurance, reminding him of the prophet Isaiah. I believe there are words of Jesus declaring this is who the great I am is, is the one who gives sight to the blind good news to the poor, makes the lame to walk, the dead are raised. And it's also a bit of a challenge. Like if we want to find out and walk the road to see who Jesus is, if he is the one or should we seek another, then we participate in bringing compassion to those hurting. We bring hospitality and welcome to those who feel left out. We make those who feel homeless in whatever way feel at home. We seek transformation in the world round about us. We participate in those words that were spoken by Isaiah and the words spoken by Jesus to reassure John that he indeed is the one who is to come and who will come again. You see, we live in between times. 
It was said even in the children's message this morning. We live in between. Jesus has been born and Jesus is coming again. And that gives us times where we feel in between. Jesus has come. There's sprinkles. There's vignettes. There's breakthroughs in the clouds of life, of joy, of just pure light. And there are times, there are times when the packages are wrapped so pretty. There are times when the clouds seem like they're heavy and they won't go away. And we wait for the prophetic announcement. Or maybe we wait for somebody to call forth or somebody to remind or somebody to speak life into our circumstance. When you and I are the ones who need that word, may the Spirit of God bring it. And when somebody else needs that word or is already doing, may we be the ones who speak it. And of course, the story of Jesus being born is the beginning of the Word become flesh and dwelling among us. The story of Jesus being born is the story that, that unfolds with, with Jesus growing up and being in the temple at age 12 and schooling those around him, being lost from mom and dad. <laughs> The, the story unfolds in Jesus baptized by John on the River Jordan. The story unfolds in Jesus, the, the teacher, the prophet, the miracle worker, God in the flesh. And as the story unfolds, Jesus, who all he ever did was love and forgive, Jesus runs afoul of the leaders of the day. The state slash political leaders and the church leaders. Jesus, who all he ever did was love, shows a power of love that confounds and confronts the greed and idolatry and the power-hungry nature of those of his day. And so Jesus, as the story goes, Jesus born in a manger ends up being the Jesus crucified on a cross and, and there's clouds and it says even in the text that darkness covered the face of the earth. Darkness covered the face of the earth. It tells us when the one born in a manger is crucified. Darkness covers the earth. And the world is waiting for joy to break through. Can you imagine? Let's allow Christmas to make Friday. I still struggle. Good Friday? All the more real and all the more heart-rending. Baby Jesus, tender, sweet, and mild is Jesus, 33 years approximately later, nailed to a cross. And Mary, who sang the Magnificat, is now standing and watching, and darkness has covered the face of the earth. But you know what happens? We know the rest of the story that in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the crown of thorns, in the midst of this insults and derision, in the midst of things, Jesus says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And light breaks through. Light 
breaks through, the light of hope breaks through the darkest of the dark things. I'm thankful that Elijah had made this and brought this even this morning. Light breaks through the darkness. That's the story. That's the hope. And, and that's the way that hope and joy work. They work in the midst of life, breaking through in the midst of circumstances that would kill us. But gospel good news is that death does not have the final word. Gospel good news, sin doesn't have the final word. Gospel good news is the breaking forth of joy, is the brokenness of the world is not going to have the final word, but the inbreaking of the light and love of God is going to bring joy to the world. For the Lord has come. For the Lord has come. So may we today commit in the days ahead to look for vignettes, breakthroughs, snippets, of joy. Name them, call them forth, participate in them. And then there just may be a few streams in the desert, flowers in the wasteland. We may see some some people who who formerly seemingly couldn't didn't have the energy to walk or hands were weak and heart was weary and spirit was afraid, standing up and say, I am loved, I'm welcomed, I have experienced the good news of God. So indeed, if we'll look and participate and call forth joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let us pray. Loving God who brings us joy in the midst Joy in spite of, joy through, sometimes joy because of the clouds and the darkness. God whose love cannot be quenched, God whose light cannot be put out, God whose life declares life over, in, through death. God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, touch our hearts that we might sing the songs of joy. From prison, from the desert, from struggle, from weakness, from fear, that we might sing them anyway because you've declared them. God, by your Spirit, anoint us to walk in joy. In the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 930 in Ottawa, Kansas. You can find more information about our church at www.fbcottawa.org.